Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to the 442 Podcast. I'm James Brown, Editor-in-Chief of the magazine. I'm joined this week by two people who are no doubt emotionally drained after a hectic week of Champions League semi-finals. Football writer and diehard red, Tony Evans. Hello, yeah, Tony. It's, it's, it's been a wild week. Great week. And Spurs supporting deputy editor of 442, James Moore. Yeah, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a pretty crazy week, James. I'm probably a bit less used to this than Tony is, it has to be said. But let, I mean, let's just let's start with Spurs because this this is a first for Spurs in your lifetime. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm I'm 33 years old. This is Spurs' first European final since 1984. Uh, I think in that time, Liverpool. When were you probably born? 1985. Okay. Yeah. So it's. It, yeah, I've run the numbers. It's definitely right. <laughs> and how how did you feel? Because I think it's that first element of it. it's not just reaching the, the fact that you within like goal-scoring distance now of, of actually winning a major title? Uh, it, it all feels very surreal. I mean, I've, I just Googled a list of European finals upstairs uh, before we started recording uh, for a completely unrelated work thing. Uh, and to see the Tottenham badge there, uh, under a header saying upcoming European Cup final is not something I thought I would ever see. Uh, I mean, my initial reaction to, to to the result uh, I mean as I tweeted on Wednesday night was that you kind of think of the people who you've experienced so much with in football who sadly yeah. uh, won't see it uh, my mum passed away last year and she was the person that got me into football actually rather than my dad she was a Spurs fan yes yeah, so she was a Spurs fan she went to she saw them win the league in 1961 uh, and was going to games regularly until kind of the early 70s when things were maybe a bit less fun yeah. Uh, on the terraces uh, and then sort of came, started coming back in the mid-90s when I got interested uh, and had a season ticket for a couple of years as well. So it's it's a bit of a... The instant reaction for me actually on a personal level was quite mixed. It, obviously, it's an incredible achievement for the for the club. It's the, it'll be the biggest game mm. we've ever played in. Uh, but it's a bit... It is a bit sad to think that, you know, that amazing moment, I'm not going to be able to share that yeah. or discuss that with her. The I person that- who's kind of helped me get into the club in the first place. I think that's uh, that was what was going on. A lot of people talking about why is Pochettino crying, why is James Milner crying. It's just that sense of achievement. And I mean, you've seen it before, Tony, with Liverpool. To me, this week was reminded me pretty much of Liverpool in the seventies, and then then later when Daglish was managing. Mm. This is a return to form 
for one of Europe's great clubs. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, funnily enough, today is the uh, the anniversary of the first European Cup final I saw, which was in 1978. Um, I didn't go in uh, to Rome in 77. Um, I've, I have a different story about my mother. I was doing my O levels, and she wouldn't let me go, so she took my brother, the cow, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never forgiven her for a commerce O level. A commerce O level. What? God has it done to me in my life and I've just been consumed with anger and misery because I wasn't in Rome in 1977 and I'm feeling the pain now. You can hear the pain. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's been a good week. <laughs> so, uh, what, as a, did you feel that Spurs had stolen Liverpool's thunder a bit? Well, no, I mean, I, I, I was actually delighted for them because... Um, I, you know, it, it, it's a fantastic achievement, and especially given the fact that you know they um, they've, they've spent no money, the squad's been um, you know it, 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 it's a very thin squad. It's worth saying they spent no money on players this year. Yeah, they built a massive new house. Yeah, which you is know, which is a lovely place to go. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you want success, and 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 I, I think it's um. I, you know, it, it, it's one of those clubs, we, we laugh at them, everyone says Spursy and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's brilliant to see them doing well. It's brilliant to see them, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've got a lot of time for Harry Kane, I've got a lot of time for Deli Alley, you know, and then the, the, the sort of the, the players there. If you so, could have a Spurs player in your Liverpool team, who would it be if you could buy one of the players? Uh, probably Harry Kane. You know, it's a, I mean, Telly Ali was very, very close to coming to Liverpool. Actually, they had the deal done, mm. and they managed to screw it up. Geniuses, and you know, uh, there. But like, um, but Kane's just—he's fantastic. He's, um, and it, it, you know, he, he probably won't be back for the final, and that's a shame. But he's—he's he's, he's a top well, class player. What is the what is the uh, standing on that, James? Because there were a lot of tweets saying that he is fit for the final. Did I mean, there were a lot of tweets saying that he was going to play on Wednesday night, and obviously, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. Uh, fit enough uh, I, I would say I reckon he probably will play whether or not he's actually fit is a different question do you think they'll start him yeah he's Harry Kane he's Tot- Tottenham but, and Harry Kane I, I would be very the, surprised if he didn't play isn't that a, a t- the uh, cost of, of dropping the guy who's got you there yeah I mean that's going to be the difficult decision that Pochettino is going to have to make but I, 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 well, I, I mean I when, when he first got injured in the, in the first leg of a City game in the immediate aftermath of that Pochettino said the only way he'll play this season is we get to the to the Champions League final. Now I don't know whether that was a specific time frame that they had they had already kind of been made aware of, or whether it's the kind Lucas of flipping Morris comment. Has got but a hat-trick. Hmm. yeah, and I, also I, yeah. earlier in the season this year, this calendar year, you, uh, Kane missed four games and Son deputised, and I think you had a hundred percent record. So yeah, that's true. But also, if you look at the if you look at the matches between the second leg of the semi final, uh, uh, second leg of the yeah. quarter final, sorry, against City, um, and the match on Wednesday night, Spurs scored one goal in I think five games. So without Only Harry scored Kane, one goal. one goal in four or five games without Harry Kane. So okay. although they they coped quite well without Kane the first time he was out at the start of the year, this second time I think they've, I mean they've had two fantastic results in Europe but they've struggled without him they've really stumbled do, over the line across think, the line I know league. Liverpool have beaten you twice yeah. close results do you think it's different in this game because the euphoria of reaching the pinnacle maybe I mean it's a it's a cup game it's a one-off match it's it's a bit different to it's a league game to beat people three times in a year it's you know the number of times when you, you beat people twice 
and then the third time yeah. it goes wrong. Yeah. It, it is difficult. But I, I'd be worried about Kane personally. Is you know it, as a Liverpool it, fan or as a Spurs? And as as a as a as for him personally, because you know, I mean, it, it's one thing. You know, he'll want to play. He's desperate to play. Yeah. You know, mm. it's a, the the biggest game of his life. But you know. This this injury keeps coming back, and you wonder if they don't never heal properly, whether it'll be something that'll affect him down the line in his career. Is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, frankly, I would I would say, leave Harry Kane at home, don't play him, because you know it'd be better for Liverpool. <laughs> is is there a little bit of you when Spurs went through that thought ah? We'd have preferred Ajax because yeah, a younger, yeah. less experienced team. Well, and, and aside from that, it's like more exotic, isn't it? You know, you, you know, you're playing in the European final and you play Ajax. It's like wow, you know, the well, the, the, the Dutch are everywhere. You play Tottenham, and it's like yeah, well, you know, you. I mean, you play them, play them twice a year at least, you know, and same. So yeah, it, it, it doesn't have the. Um, it's not as exotic as it might. It's be. not yeah. a vintage lineup. It's not a 1970s Sabutio lineup, which. I think Ajax v Liverpool would have been a regular one on my living room floor yeah. about no, yeah. It does take the edge off a bit, I think, in all English final. I mean, it's, it's, great. it's great for English football. It's great for the league. And you may well think it's great for Liverpool because maybe you have a better chance of winning the game. I don't know. But in term, I mean, from a Spurs perspective as a fan, I mean, for 25 years to be watching matches, dreaming of the club being involved in a game like this, hmm. and then to get there and for it to be against another Premier League team and one who... Despite Spurs, I think Spurs have finished above Liverpool in eight of the last ten seasons, including this one. I think they may have only beaten them maybe five or six times in that time, and I think once in the last maybe six or seven years. It's they're just almost like the worst possible team to play. Well, and I know quite a few Spurs fans who would have preferred to have played Barcelona because mm. they would rather have lost to Barcelona. Than, that's that's how pessimistic yeah, Spurs yeah. fans it are. Is, it's would rather have lost to Barcelona than more, lost to Liverpool. It's more exotic. It's European. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. You just mentioned it's good for English football, and I saw a tweet this morning saying, "Ah, four English clubs in the final, and this is without a winter break." I, I need another winter break. I've only had two this year, but yeah. So, the actual fact, I challenge that. Um, Sean Derry, the can uh, I? Sean would admit he was a journeyman Championship player. Really great if he was in your team. He's uh, done some managing. Um, he made a great point to me last year when we were talking, and he said, the Premier League is not an English league. It's a world league. It just mm. happens to be based on our island. Now, I really think that when you see people talking about this is great for English football, I think you just need to put a break on it because this, to me, is not an English league. The only thing... There's only two things about this, or maybe three that are English. One, the heritage of the clubs. Two, the most of the fans that attend the game are living in England and, and, and three it's geographically it is based in England and eight players were English in those four games now I'm not saying that this is a bad thing or anything but we just have to, have to be realistic these are multinational organisations they're conglomerates who have customers they're not conglomerates the, these are multinational businesses they have employee they have key employees they have owners they have directors they have, uh, you know, some of them are floated on stock markets that are even based in the UK, you know, Manchester United on two or three different stock markets. We've got to stop thinking that this is good for English football because it isn't. It's it's just the businesses that are based. This is what I think. The businesses that are based in England. You have a German manager. You have an Argentinian manager. Your club is owned by an English investment agency based offshore. Yeah. 
Mm. Liverpool is owned by uh, Americans. We've got to forget about it. We're not. Uh, you look at the Arsenal team. Mm. Not an English player in there. You look at you look at the Chelsea team. There's there's the, uh, sorry Maitland Niles. There's there's one in each of those two teams. Um, there's three in each of your teams. It's we got to just forget this. It's good for English football. Yeah, and also you know it's a we we self-identify as scouts. We're not English, so you know yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be part of that anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, ten years ago I thought we'd see a European Super League by now. But what's happened is the Premier League's become the league of the world. Yes, and it will continue, and, and that's the that, that's the biggest. Um, Sort of uh, the, the the biggest block to a European Super League is the fact that the Premier League is massive. It's a global league. Uh, you know, m- people from we know from America to the Far East, they love it and 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 they support it. And the players are all you know from everywhere. I mean, the, when you look at it, it's like the team that finished bottom this year. You know, sort of um, Huddersfield that they, they they make more money than. All the German clubs, apart from Bayern Munich, mm. and and it's close there anyway. You know, it's uh, in television money. The the reality is, there's only really uh, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG. Even the Italian clubs don't make as much money as the bottom clubs in the Premier League. And no wonder it's a global league. And but this isn't just my opinion. It's also UEFA's opinion, really, that the fans don't matter. If you look at the Arsenal Chelsea uh, final that's going to take place. To give is it six thousand? How many? Yeah, is it six thousand each for Arsenal and Chelsea fans. It, it's just they have contempt. There's there's no real connection. It doesn't matter anymore whether it, the fans don't really matter. They don't because it's not about people who go through the gate. It's about people watching on the television oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and putting their eyes on the sponsors' logos. Yeah, it's quite bold from UEFA, isn't it, to assume that they're going to be able to get another what will it be fifty five thousand people out to that stadium who aren't kind of regular supporters of those two clubs, considering it's you the know, other side I think, of Europe. James, I think they will because... Um, it's quite expensive you know, to get ever, I've been to a couple of, of, of the finals, uh, and uh, you know, uh, as, as a guest, and you wouldn't... Uh, I went to the Chelsea Man United final, as okay. some mates took me, and uh, it wasn't a corporate guest, but it was on a corporate ticket, and uh, you wouldn't know what country you're in. Yeah. You're in, you're in um, a village of Vodafone, MasterCard... These sort of world brands, hospitality tents, the, the sports brands. You go into the stadium, watch the teams you're familiar with from watching the Champions League. In that case, both teams based in the UK. And then you fly out again. You could be in Baku. You could be in St. Petersburg. You, you could be in, you know, anywhere. You I wouldn't know. I went to um, Berlin 2015. Um, it was Barcelona, um, Juventus. And what I was hoping was that in the semi-finals, Barcelona and Real Madrid would get to the final because Gazprom had, had, you yeah. know, had, had invited me, and I was going to bite the hand that feeds. I was going to write a piece like I've, I've gone to the, the the game with the worst clubs in the world, and and Juventus screwed it up for me, so I never got to write the piece. But yeah, it, it's you know you 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 know you uh, loads of people with me, and uh, you know there was like 
four coach loads at the airport. They picked us up and um, and they took us back there. And there was all these people who didn't really care that there was a game on, you know. And, um, and I must admit, I felt a bit bad myself thinking, you know, the, the, there might be Juve fans or, or Barcelona fans who'd love to be here. And there, you know, I am. I'm not in the press box. I'm, you know, taking up one of the seats. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's these corporate, like, um, you know, sort of bum fights. They're, they're terrible. And if anyone wants to invite me to Madrid, I'm available. <laughs> By the way, can I, can I just second that as well, please, as well? Cheers. Yeah, I thought it was funny was your namesake. Is it, what's the name of the guy who went from the, who's at Liverpool now, looks after the... Oh, Tony Barrett. Tony Barrett tweeted straight away. He said, he, he's the sort of the fan liaison from Liverpool, isn't yeah, he? And yeah. he said, just to make, I shouldn't have to say this, but just to make this clear, I can't get you tickets. I can't get you transport. What I can do is hope that you're okay and that and that the result goes fine for us. He just he'll just be inundated. Oh, um, his, his life's going to be a misery. But I think you know that will. Um, I mean, we're not we're not talking Champions League. We're talking about the you know the Europa League. We're talking about that the the fact that they've given so few tickets. Uh, maybe that'll be just a, a wake up call to fans because I actually all. Chelsea and Arsenal fans who can get their hands on tickets will obviously go, but I kind of wondered if they actually just didn't go, what what would happen? Maybe it'd make a point, but also I saw a tweet saying, you'd think that they'd have, they'd have put a contingency for when this became a possibility to move it to Wembley. So naive that mm. fans still think that the fans' interests have got anything to do with how a competition final at that level is allocated. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. comes down to one thing. You it's where, where the World Cup has been, where the World Cup is going to be, and where this tournament is. It's got nothing to do with fans. Yeah. You wait for boots up all the hotels a year before, yeah, exactly, you know. It's, yeah. um, and it, there's no chance of anyone moving any games anywhere because you know this is this is a big deal and for Baku it's um you know you know it, it puts them gives them a bigger where, profile. Just to explain where is Baku? The earth ends are nowhere. But do you know, James, what is the country? It's Azerbaijan. Okay. Are, are, are they a, a force in football? Have they produced any good players? Or have they got any good teams? Karabag are the, are the big club in, in Azerbaijani football. But I mean, I wouldn't say... I think they've played quite a lot of English teams over the last few years. I think they played Chelsea maybe two years ago and Spurs maybe four years ago. But I mean, they're not, they're not a top side. They're, not, they're certainly no football superpower. And... The tournament is there really for the reasons okay. you've highlighted before. It's, well, it's I mean, more about you the, know, it's, uh, the money. They've got a lot of oil money. Yeah, um, exactly. Baku is you know, sort of one of these, it's grown massively in the past, what, two decades, probably a decade. And, you know, I'm sure it's a brilliant place and I'd love to go myself. Um, but it's not, it's not a very good place to hold a football match, that's what for I sure. What I think is, that I think there's a little bit about, uh, you know, where the British Parliament should be or... or the, um, if they allocate Baku to be the host city for the for the tournament finals, that UEFA should have to go and work there for a year. <laughs> they should relocate their offices for a year because that, in a way, would be more inclusive. It'd be more encouraging for the Azerbaijan Football Association to know that they're actually going to allocate al- allocate a period of time and an amount of money where they would experience football in that country. Anyway, look, that's enough slagging off. Let's get back to the football. You're listening to the 442 Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through iTunes and Spotify. Hold up. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Let's just talk about the games. Uh, as What is the... Uh, very creative Liverpool right back said about his corner Tony did he was that something that worked on or was it pure opportunism no that uh, that that watched a lot of Barcelona and that seen that like they switch off at uh, set pieces they complain to the referees and moan at each other so it was um, it was one of those things where there was an opportunity. That's a brilliant bit of uh, quick thinking from Trent. He's, he's, he's so he re- said it wasn't something that worked. Because do you remember like there was one where Giggs touched the ball and walked away? Yeah. yeah. And, every, and, and then Rooney came and took the ball and, and oh, whoever brought it in. Yeah. Similar to that. Was it? That was clearly pre-planned. Was this something that, that identified an opportunity in mm. the lack of attention you've just described? But has he said since that I just saw it and went for it? Or Yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, you know, it, it wasn't one of those things where, right, we're going to do this. Okay. But it's like, there's an opportunity here. And when he saw the opportunity, he took a brilliant bit of quick thinking, you know, and um, and a fantastic ball in. You know, it's, um, it was tremendous. But, th- I mean, there, you know, the youngest player on the pitch, you know, he, he, he outthought... Barcelona, and you think of all that like experience, and yet you know they they were still so <laughs> they were still so daft and switched off, and and the quick thinking, and 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 it says an awful awful lot about like about Trent. He's um he's a really bright young fella. Um, mm. he, he's good company. And, where, um, where did he come from, Tony? He's from West Derby. He's um so he, he's a local player. Yeah, he lives um right on uh. West Derby Road, which is of course the route that traditionally the um the the open top buses take when they they, they come back, okay. you know, with the trophies. And um I was, I was with him about a year ago and talking about it. I said one day I said you'll be on one of those open top buses, you'll pass your house. I said, yeah. you know, you'll win something big. And he was like, Oh, I hope so, <laughs> you know, and say that really highlighted the difference between Spurs and Liverpool for there to be a traditional route for open top buses. Yeah. That, that's, that, I think that maybe says the difference. If it makes you feel any better, just on the way into work this morning, I saw some Eintracht Frankfurt fans with their scarves tied to the top of an open top bus, top deck. 
looking thoroughly miserable going on this tour of London, which they probably <laughs> thought they were going round and had a good chance of having a, yeah, let's get a bus tour. It's like subject to just looking at some brothels and locksmiths in Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just going back... Shops. <laughs> just going back to that goal, I'd also say it's a really great finish by Origi because that ball sat up mm. maybe slightly awkwardly and he's, he's not really the arch poacher Origi. I know he scored that fantastic goal against Everton, yeah. but I wouldn't really have him as one of the kind of great box strikers of our time. Yeah, it's not Robbie Fowler. Maybe, exactly, yeah, the ball is might up. have actually been... That, he might have benefited from the impromptu nature yeah, of the true. ball because what I was thinking... Afterwards was just what Tony said about the ball, the, 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 the ball that came in from the corner. Um, that actually, to just put it on his foot like that, and it was the, it, I think it was the quick thinking. He did, he didn't have mental time to mess yeah. it up. And I think True. sometimes when you see somebody misplace a pass, or whether whether you know when you think how do they just put that out because they've been thinking about they've had too much time to think. Okay, the uh, was that the highlight of the game for you? Yeah, I mean, th- without doubt. I mean, is that the third goal? Was it the equaliser? Was that no, the, that was the uh, that was the, the, the fourth. fourth. Yeah, the yeah. Um, effectively the winning goal, and um, and it, it was. I mean, it, it, it's one of those defining moments. I, what what was interesting was like right from early on, you you, you looked at them and all the, all the uh, experience have got Messi, Busquets. You know what's a uh, they, 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 they had that look on their faces. What the hell's happening here? And, you know, you can get that at Anfield. I mean, the, the piece I did uh, for the uh, standards, I said, like, you know, it's uh, it happens too often to be an accident. Yeah. You know, people want to want to downplay, like, the, the Anfield effect and the, ah, oh, you know, it's, a, it's mythology. But, you know, these things keep on happening. And, and there is a reason. But Tony, you can only... See, we have that at Leeds, but actually, if the play, if it's wrong... On the pitch, it doesn't make any difference. Mm. You can you can encourage and be the twelfth man for a good team, but if the t- you know for years Liverpool weren't winning things, yeah, and, and yeah, they were playing I mean, at Anfield, you know, yeah. But I mean, they, they but when still, it's right, it's they, they, they it's still, clearly they, an influence. Even when they weren't playing particularly well, they still had these big mad European nights. Yeah, I mean, on the run to the Europa League final, you know, in um um in in, in three years ago, I mean um. The Dortmund game there yeah. wasn't a very good team. They, 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 frankly, they got stuffed by Sevilla in um, in, in Basel. It really, um, um, a grim second half there. But like the semi-finals and the um, the quarter-final as well, Villarreal. Um, you know, sort of, there the, the, were these mad, insane Anfield nights where you know they they they, they produced a performance which was far way above. The actual standard that that they, they were playing, I say that it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, a kind of part of it. Yeah, you, you know, am I feeding the mythology? But as I say, it happens too often to be um, mm. to be a myth. Um, do you have escalators at Spurs now? Es- yeah, we. Uh, they have yeah. escalators. Last time I went to Anfield, we Leeds played them um, Liverpool in the FA Cup or the League mm. Cup about two years ago. I was amazed to see there were like escalators. <laughs> But, uh, so coming on to Spurs now, um, I li- I wasn't watching the game. I was listening to it, and uh, I quite I quite like that sometimes. You know, if it's not the team, you like you get a tremendous sense of atmosphere. You know, it, 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 
I know this sounds a little bit crass if you struggle with sight, but it almost feels a bit like being blind. You've just got to hear all you've got. You don't see everything like well, you do. Well, the imagination, football. you know what it says. Yeah. But it's a because basically you're, you're hearing, you're seeing nothing and you're listening to this. And, and the commentator went, and that's probably the last chance now for Spurs. Daily out. <laughs> has happened it's like because I, I, I didn't want to last kick but there wasn't enough build up in the commentary to realise that that Deli Alley had set a goal up Deli Alley was the last name you heard but it was I just was thinking it didn't say it didn't say Deli Alley on the, la- on the edge of the box turns yeah. splits the defence with the ball it wasn't it was just they thought it had gone watching it James uh, we've seen, you know, the, the BT clip of, of, of Lineker, Hoddle and, and Rio going absolutely chicken dancing crazy. What, what, how did you feel? Were you at the game? You no, weren't at the no, game. I wasn't but, at the game, no, no. But, but how did you feel? Where were you watching? Who were you with? Uh, I, was, so I, was, I was actually just watching at home with my, with my housemate. Uh, so in that regard, it was fairly understated. But obviously in that moment, uh, it's difficult not to get carried away. It's a very emotional thing. Having seen Liverpool come back from the three before. goals behind the night before that being a thing that was mentioned on commentary quite a lot almost in a kind of joking way I think by Gary Lineker at half time I mean it seemed like you know lightning doesn't strike twice and that kind of thing won't happen twice in two days it's just not what you expect to happen and, and, and as Tony was kind of alluding to before Liverpool have got this knack of doing that in, in big games especially at Anfield Spurs haven't really got quite the same history of of kind of pulling out of the bag in that way. I mean, I can't think of another big game. Uh, 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 I mean, obviously not a game of that magnitude, but any any big game where Spurs have come back from two guys behind and done that so dramatically and late on, it's just not a thing that they do. Uh, it was. Just, uh, wasn't it, it the Man really U game? Like, was it Man U game and they were hammering? Or was it? Oh no, you were you were hammering Man U and they came back. Yeah, that uh, that, uh, that uh, thing uh, happens uh, loads. That, so that happens all the time. I tell you who Spurs remind me of, and obviously you haven't won the tournament, but I do, I do think certainly people who are not necessarily neutral, but but not supporters of each team would think probably each team have a pretty good chance of of, of winning this. Probably more so than if it had been Liverpool, Ajax, or or Spurs, Barcelona. I think in both those cases you'd have gone Liverpool or or, or Barcelona. Um, but the team that Spurs remind me of are Spain. For years, in, in, the, in the early 2000s, in the 90s, they would always talk about Sp- Spain. Spain, the commentators said, Spain are going to come good. Spain are going to be quarterfinals. They were t- the team that were tipped more than any other nation as likely to do it. They were almost there, almost there. Do you think, and then obviously when they finally got there, um, they're able to sustain it. Um, do you think that that Spurs now are on on the verge of a golden period? Well, well, it's funny because I mean, in purely in Premier League terms, I'd say Spurs up to now peaked maybe two seasons ago. So the, la- the last season at White Hart Lane, when they were unbeaten at home for the whole season, uh, they finished second behind Chelsea, uh, had a fantastic defensive record. Had had what Liverpool have now in in the best two fullbacks in the league at the time that was uh, Kyle Walker and Danny Rose, a fantastic attacking team. Harry Kane, Son, Ali Eriksen, all still there. Mm-hmm. 
since then they've they've gone off the boil a little bit. They've really missed Kyle Walker because they they don't have the same balance and width that mm. they had before, and they really missed that pace. Every everyone was like laughing, saying, "You know, fifty million for a, a fullback." You know, City City have got a bad deal. I tell you what, the underestimated his importance to Tottenham. Yeah. So is Trippier more of a an acute ball player than a, a driving force like Walker was? Yeah, he's he's not he's not got that energy. I mean, he did actually play a, a fantastic ball across the box uh, just before the second goal that that, that Moore mm. scored on Wednesday night. That's the kind of ball that Kyle Walker will play all the time. Who surge forward, get almost to the byline, and just cut a, a percentage mm-hmm. ball back basically across the across the six yard box. Trippy is a lot more maybe you'd say deliberate mm. with his delivery he'll take a couple of touches and try a almost Beckham-esque arching ball into the back post those kind of boxes particularly in the modern uh, those kind of balls sorry particularly in a modern game where teams will generally only have one striker I, I don't think you have quite as much success with that kind of crossing in this day and age defenders will kind of will kind of snuffle those ones out uh, he's had quite a poor season Trippier having had a fantastic World Cup He's made quite a few mistakes. He's looked a bit leggy. I so, mean, you can't argue with a World Cup semi-final and a, and a Champions League final in the space of 12 months, yeah. but he's probably, it seems unfair to call him the weak link, but if, if anyone in that Tottenham team is, it probably would be him. Uh, now, there were a lot of people tweeting that this Pochettino's basically got two games left in charge of Spurs. Now, what is the story behind that? What's the theory between, behind well, that? In his press conference on uh, Tuesday afternoon, he suggested that if Spurs won the Champions League, he would just quit, and then when uh, he would quit football altogether. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when when pushed on that and asked whether he was joking, he was very insistent that he meant it. Uh, He's been listening to Bielsa. Well, exactly. Yeah, he won't. Yeah, he he literally will have been Bielsa listening to. Say. I mean, it is a very. That's what we all fear Bielsa. that Bielsa is about to mm. possibly play his last. You know, manage his last two games for Leeds. I mean it. <laughs> I would, I would be surprised if that actually did end up happening. I mean, there's a lot more... With Pochettino. I think so, yeah. What's I mean, interesting in Pochettino is he's always given the impression that he's just passing through Tottenham. There's another job, a bigger job. I don't think he yeah, has. I'm, I'm not oh, sure Oh, he that. has, he has. Always. But, like but he would have been able to take one. Well, I think he's... He, I, think I mean, Andy Mitten sat in the chair that you're sitting in five weeks ago, four weeks ago, and said, he, as he understands it, as a... As, as a a Man United covering uh, journalist that Pochettino had said he would take the job or was certainly had decided he would take it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, that's the first time that there's been a firm indication that he was ready to go. I mean, he's he's normally said, which is fair comment, we kind of need some slightly better players. Fair comment in terms of investment. I don't Mm. necessarily... I mean, you would... Do you, do you think that was a fair comment, or was I, that him? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, Spurs' biggest problem is there's there's a real lack of depth there. I mean, they they've weakened mm. themselves in January January by selling Dembele, who may not have been quite at the peak of his powers and may have been struggling with a couple of injuries. But I think if they had had him available uh, in some of the bigger league games over the last three or four months, they probably would have fared a bit better. Uh, I mean, that that's been the real issue for Spurs in the league this season they eked out results in the first half of the season I think there's also you've got to remember there's um, what people say on the record and what they say off the record are two different things and um, I mean do you think he's going to go Tony? I'm I'm not where is he going to Madrid? well I I don't think he'll go uh, this summer I think um, Madrid aren't going to take him they've got Zidane back um, so that that 
they'll have to see how that plays itself out. And United stupidly appointed Solskjaer, you know, and, and that was the obvious place for him. And which is just the, the daftest thing. You know, is, is Ed Woodward too proud to now go back on that decision after two and a half months and say, actually, we've, we've made a mistake here, let's bring in someone else? No, or is he uh, going to stick it out with Solskjaer? I think he's going to stick it out. Um, I, I actually think that what's happened with Solskjaer is, I mean, it's one, it's, it's startling because the response was so fantastic. That sense of this was somebody with a bit of a sprinkling of Ferguson's magic who'd benefited as a player bringing it, bringing the smile back to the players' places, faces. He'd had a relationship with Pogba as, a, as, as, as you know, a, a youth coach. And I actually think that all that has happened is highlighting what needs to be done. And it's nothing to do with a manager. It, like oh. any club where they've had a turnover of, of managers every two or three years and they've spent and bought significant players in, you've just got a total hodgepodge. And I think when we were, t- when we were talking to Andy Mitten about it, the thing looking in at Manchester United is there's no Dennis Irwins in that team. Hmm. There's there's no players who are, which is probably like your Andy Robertson acquisition. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no players who are absolutely solid footballers who would give the same performance of whether they were playing for Oldham or Manchester hmm. United. That they just want to play football. They're down to earth. There's lots of lifestyle. All of that. All those comments about putting their their private lives and their lives on on onto Instagram and all of that. It's fair comment because they're not doing it on the pitch. Yeah, no one's All willing, of that is no one's willing fine. to put in a shift, and that's the that's the problem with them. And um, you know, I, I think the, the the first thing you got to invariably um, sort of stupidity in the boardroom manifests itself on the pitch. And you know, and United's a great example of that. But what they should have done is they should have got themselves a manager. They said, okay, you know, there was a feel good factor with Solskjaer when he come in. And yeah, I get that. And you know, they went on a good run. But what they should have done is sat there and said, "Look, who's going to be our manager for the next five years? Is there anyone who we think is you know can come in and be uh, a long-term manager?" And they didn't do that. It's yeah, but they tried. Yeah, but to be fair, I, I think Ferguson. I don't know how we talking Manchester United, but I mean, it's, it is applicable to both of your clubs. But to be fair, you know, Ferguson said, "Let's go with Moyes." He's he's made that appointment. Um, but then I think when they've appointed Van Gaal and Mourinho, both of those managers are extremely successful managers, top end of the management game, and just taking, just stepping outside of football. If that was a different business, if it was a, a, whatever type of business it was, you look at the pedigrees of both of those key individuals, you think they are really sound appointments. So actually, Solskjaer is the risk. It's a different type of appointment. But it's all about the link. But anyway, let's forget them. All I can say is a lot of wait, people wait, wait, will enjoy it when can it was we just, disastrous. Can we just wallow in their misery a little well, bit? Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. It was a, for those of us who support uh, Leeds, Man, uh, Manchester City, Liverpool and so on. It was fantastic. when It, it, it was so good It was because it was going so wrong. It actually became painful in the end. And then, in a way, I, I was seeing Leeds fans on, on Twitter saying, you know, I'm kind of glad Man United... A back, and I, I felt a little bit like that. You, you sort of want in wrestling or, or films or whatever uh, fictional world, you want the bad guys to be really bad. You know what? If, if Dracula had to stop off and say, "I can't eat," you know, I've just got to get a bottle of milk. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as scary. And I think you want, you know, Man United for for, for many other clubs like the, the Death Star. 
and you don't want to see it broken down on the yeah. side of the road. You want to think if you beat them, you've beaten the Death Star, not a shitty version of it. But, but now that it's back again, mm. it's great. It's <laughs> just great that it's got tits up again. Andy wrote a brilliant piece this week. Uh, he does, and if you if you listen to this and, and you're still listening to this and you're a Manchester United fan or you're just a football fan in general, he wrote a brilliant piece. He writes a piece about Man United every week for 442.com and he wrote this piece this week just assessing what is wrong with the club. Uh, he's it brilliant. Fantastic. No one knows the club better than Andy. He's just magnificent. Now, James, coming back to Spurs, so answer the, the question a little bit more in depth because we started talking about Pochettino. Do you think he's going to be here Next season, is he going to be here in five years? Is this what I was suggesting might happen? Is this like the kind of the dam busting opportunity that will make give Spurs as a club the confidence to be serial competition winners rather than FA Cup winners every decade? I mean, I think that will probably be determined by what happens in the transfer market this summer. I mean, I mean, as Tony suggested before, I mean, it seems unlikely he'll leave now purely because there won't be a job for him at the moment. Okay. Madrid have tied themselves down to Zidane again uh, for another couple of years. And Barcelona. Yeah, but well, you know what? There he said he will never go to Barcelona. If he wins the Champions League, he is managing a Champions League winning club with an amazing... Um, uh, fa- fan orientated stadium brand new stadium he's got a very good first 14 or 15 players they've got to give him the next level up a player that he wants exactly yeah I mean look, I think he'd be well within his rights if there, if there was no investment in the squad again this summer to say look there's no further I can take this I mean obviously if they win the European Cup and that's fair comment uh there's no way that it's going to be very difficult for Spurs to sustain that kind of this kind of season. Who would you now. want as a replacement for Pochettino? No, as players, as players. Let's assume that uh, everything's brilliant and you win the Champions League and he stays, and suddenly Joe Lewis releases the money. Who would who would you bring in that takes you to another level? Uh, I mean, I, I'd still like to see them go for kind of younger players. I mean, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Mickey Hazard, Mickey. I mean, it'd be great. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Wan-Bissaka at, at Crystal Palace would be a, a fantastic, okay. uh, be a fantastic signing. Uh, as we mentioned before, Spurs would probably need to strengthen Certainly it right. So you think in. it's 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 players with with potential then, rather than the absolute cream. You wouldn't it, be looking at trying to go after a, even a Neymar Spurs, or, or somebody like that level. Even if Spurs won the Champions League, there's no chance they're going to be able to compete with the, the very biggest clubs in Europe for for the very best players. They're still going to have to be a bit canny with the way they the way they do things. That's what's got them to where they are in the first place. You know, Deli Ali was a five million pound signing. But from isn't that just based on the business model as it exists? I mean, Lewis could just pump more money in if he but wanted. He could, but you could have said that at any point over the last fifteen years, and he hasn't done it. Ever. I know, but if you win the Champions League, it might be a case of okay, do we do what Abramovich did and make sure that we're competing for this every year, even if that means sacking a manager every year? I mean, that would be great if they did that, but I would be amazed if that was I, the case. I, I, I think they'd come out from the other angle that say, you know what, the plan's worked. Exactly. We got to yeah. the final. We haven't spent a lot of money. It's, um, I'd say uh, uh, Sessignon will be coming in. Uh, Grealish yeah. looks mm-hmm. likely. And, you know, and the, the Grealish is not going to make uh, Spurs a better team. I tell you, you, you would have fact. said that about Deli Ali four years ago. No, you wouldn't because nobody Dons. knew Deli Ali was. Deli Ali really was. Uh, there's very few uh, players. Deli Ali, Fabian Delph. I can't think of any of us who were signed from the third level of English football. 
the buzz about Ali was massive. The um, you know people were talking. That's not true. You, Liverpool weren't playing um, Milton Keynes. Leeds were. Nobody yeah, was going into that ground. Li- li- I went there twice to see Liverpool. Play. Liverpool Nobody was going into really that ground saying this kid's amazing. The scouts were like saying this is you know he he's, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, that fantastic game against Manchester United in the mm. uh, League Cup, obviously, but a fantastic when, when MK mm. Dons beat Manchester United in the League Cup under Van Gaal. Listen, let's just we've, something that we've, we've we've not looked at here. Um, Liverpool, how long has Klopp been there? How many years? Tony? Uh, four years. That is a hell of a long time well, in in. in uh, Elite level football this, nowadays. This is really remarkable because there's a sense of freshness about him and a sense of like progression all this time. He still feels like it still feels like he's new. Yeah, you know he's he's managed to like uh, create this and come October he'll be entering his fifth year and like you know I mean that'll probably make him about the third longest manager in English football. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you know, I mean, to be fair, they have moved on each year. They've got a bit better each year, and and this, you know, getting back to the Champions League final um, and pushing City so close um, is you know phenomenal. I think it's a dangerous year from next year, as fifth year, if they don't keep this progression going. You know, I mean, almost where do you go after like getting them? Um, you know, sort of the third. The highest you, points you might, total. Listen, I think you might still. I don't think it's likely because I think Wolves are a better opposition than uh, or, or, or a more formidable opposition good size, than, yeah. good size Wolves. than than Brighton. But you might still win the league. I, I mean, as you, we do this now, as we're talking now, you're not out of it. It's only a point difference. Strange things happen in football. You know, so so yeah, they might, and and if they do, I mean, uh, it will be a remarkable achievement. How how involved would Klopp have been involved in signing Andy Robertson from Hull and also bringing into the first team the right back Trent? Well, he, he he was he was very involved in Trent bringing them through. Um, Andy Robertson, not so much. Um, Who signed if, him? Uh, it, well, he, he was basically a um, Mike, Michael Edwards, the you know the, the football director. So that was an in. eight million buy yeah. for the for the Scotland captain and the right back. I read a great description of this week. He's not a he's not a right wing back. He's a playmaker playing at right back. Yeah. I thought it was a brilliant description. Well, I mean, it, 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 as as Klopp, what I was saying, Manchester United is, la- is lacking is Liverpool have in in the two fullback positions. Are they playing so well because of the Klopp effect? Well, initially, Klopp didn't fancy Andy Robertson. You know, he he didn't get a game for barely a game for the first, what, four or five months. It wasn't until okay. the, the December of um, his first season when he started playing regularly. And then, you know, he was a revelation. So he was fantastic. Um, I mean, I think Klopp, the, the system he plays gives them license to get forward. And 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 the fullbacks are crucial to what they do because they um they, they give them width obviously but they also pull apart the, you know defenses so they spread the defenses. Uh, it, it, interesting Tottenham when Tottenham played with three at the back, they felt that they could they could get at them, and they they, they felt the centre halves were too were, were too apart from each other, mm. and the, the the space and basically they told Firmino. To um to run across the face of the center earths and they get um they get space sort of in in you know by the, either side of the central man and you know and it worked really well at Anfield and of course then the second earth when Tottenham went to a flat four uh, it changed you know the the um the, so I mean I think the key for Tottenham in um 
in Madrid will be to, to play a fl- flat four instead of like five at the back. I think it's um, it's just a tribute to Liverpool as a uh, the people that run the club that they've allowed him that time to develop because any club in their right mind would do that, but they don't anymore. Yeah, the the you know the fact that we are talking about or people are saying should they wait till the end of the season to appoint. Pochettino at Manchester United or, or the fact that people are talking about Sarri or, uh, and Emery not having good first seasons and they're both mm. in the you know the European places in, in the Premier League and they're both in a final it's just it's like those spoilt kids from Charlie and the oh, Chocolate yeah. Factory just come down the division go down four go and talk <laughs> to some Orient fans how they feel the excitement that they feel coming I, I, back into listen, the league. Listen, don't you come with your lower league like criticism of us? <laughs> we have a sense of entitlement. We we, we deserve it. No, you're right. No, 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 I'm, not, I'm, right. I'm not talking about Liverpool. I'm talking about yeah. the fans of Arsenal oh, and no, Chelsea yeah, yeah. No, no, moaning no. about I, the fact. I'm agreeing with you completely. <laughs> it's and, nuts. And and, and, and and yet Klopp is proof, as we saw with Wenger, as we saw with Ferguson, that if people. Forget people. Actually, probably the people complaining don't realise mm. how close Ferguson was to being sacked. The only thing that changed for him was the arrival of a Frenchman gifted from the finest club in the north, <laughs> and the emergence of those kids. Yeah, and you know what? And I still blame Leeds for that. I blame Leeds for all that, all that United domination. You, don't you know have to what? Tell me. Oh, so do we. It's just, it's just wrong. But no. Um, By the I, way, as well, those kids, what they call the class of '92 weren't even the best juniors in the country at the time. Mm. Leeds beat them in the final. Yeah. Hammered them. Absolutely hammered them. Wilco didn't fancy the, those kids. Apart from Noel Whelan was really the, thinking back, was the only one who made a, a top-level career yeah. out of that. Yeah. Gary I, Kelly, I think, was in that team as well, maybe. But, oh. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I mean... If, I can't, I've got to just say this. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't tell you. People, I did an interview yesterday talking about 4-4-2. People said to me, the lady said, how do you feel about football? It's been great. And you know when football is good because people who, who aren't into football talk to you about it. It's like when England won the Ashes, suddenly everyone's an expert on cricket and they couldn't tell you one end of the, you know, the pitch from the other. But the um, she said, oh, it must be a great net to be time to be editing. I said, to be honest, I've been really deflated. And I have, I felt like a balloon that can't be it reinflated because it's just been popped when we lost to Wigan. So yeah. I'm hoping that going to Derby tomorrow is 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 not going to be the inevitable revenge of Frank Lampard, because Leeds sent a work experience person to look through a fence that cost us two hundred thousand pounds. You know, <laughs> we'd have just have been. Actually, I can't say that, but there are there are clubs getting twenty thousand pound fines for, for for doing things that are actually criminally illegal. Um, you know the racism front but listen uh, I don't know whether they'll edit this miserable ending off but it's been brilliant week for both of you I'm sure you will probably remember this for the rest of your lives particularly you James and and let's hope that you know who do you want to win (laughs) (laughs) if you weren't a Liverpool fan Tony who would you want to win um You'd want Spurs, wouldn't you? Because probably, probably, but I, I just can't say that. You and know, James, what I mean, if you weren't a Spurs fan, who do you think would win? I, I, I mean, I don't think being a Spurs fan would make a difference. I mean, I would suspect Liverpool, particularly with the experience having been there last year. I, I, I think, I think. Do you think Liverpool will win? 
I think I, I don't think it's just the pessimist in me saying that. I, I suspect. I, I think I, I think it'll be close. I think uh, uh, it would have probably suited them to play Ajax more because the game would have been more open. Liverpool thrive in open games. Uh, Pochettino will have a structure, and in the second half at Anfield, you saw Pochettino's structure work. I'm nervous. Well, uh, it was been it's, it has been a fantastic week to watch or listen to football or to talk about it, tweet about it, whatever. It's certainly been a great week to be writing about it. Uh, thanks very much, James Moore, deputy editor. What's your Twitter handle, James? Uh, James Moore FFT Moore M A W M A W F F T and Tony Evans. Tony Evans ninety two A. And also, we should say you wrote a great book last year, Two uh, Tribes. Yeah, didn't get Did it. Do well. Didn't get nominated for football books of the year, like. But I Listen, mean, you know, I'm book, not bitter. My book did it. It's a terrible event. The the one I went to at Lords. It, it went on for so long. Shouldn't have gone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is, it was a great idea. It was a book about the. It was 86, 87, 85, 86. Uh, period. It, it, it's a, it's about a, a 85, 86 the year after Heisel, and basically when football was uh, about as. Uh, as, as demonised as it'll ever be and how it bounced back but it's 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 really not about so Liverpool and Everton isn't it yeah it's a, it's a political book really it's about it's about Thatcherism the destructive effects and uh, and it has many um, many parallels with today you know the, the political scene today um, you know it, I mean so you can read it if you're not a fan of, of the Liverpool clubs oh yeah I mean it's, to me it's a political book and uh, the least interesting bits about it are the football bits and it's it's called Two Tribes. Excellent. So you definitely get that. Was was it? You took that from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I certainly did. Yeah. Relax. Uh, so thank you very much. The 25th anniversary of 442 is out now and features a countdown of the 101 best players of the magazine's lifetime. We also have the unseen life of Pele in pictures and the singer with the farm group Peter Hooten writing about Bill Shankly. That's in the current issue. And actually, Spurs fans, the next issue, which is out in about three weeks, we have two big features, on, on, on one on a former Spurs player and one our best and worst section is written about being a Spurs fan. So don't forget to subscribe to the 442 podcast via Spotify and iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter at 442. Until next time, goodbye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.